all creation is groaning for a day. And you see that today, you see that on the news, even just earthquakes and, you know, all the natural disasters. Like we live in a very broken world and in many ways creation is just groaning for a coming day, a day that Paul talks about in Romans chapter Uh 8. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. I'm Scott. And this is a great chapter, so let's get right into it. Verse 1, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Of course, he's been, up until now, he's been talking all about this issue of sin. Even in Romans 7, he said, I can't do the good that I want to do because of the power of sin. Now he's 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 telling you, though, that you don't have condemnation because of Jesus, and he's the one that gives you freedom from that law of sin. Verse 3, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. In other words, we couldn't keep it perfectly. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. So he's saying that the sacrifice for our sin took away the burden of sin, but also the demand of sin within ourselves and so we no longer have to follow our sinful nature. And so we can follow the Spirit within us. Verse 5, those who are dominated by this sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Even if they keep all the laws and do all the right things, but because they're not in tune with God, they still can't be pleasing to God. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. And this this is actually the source of oftentimes, you know, bridge people, you, you hear me talking about how the death of Jesus is what provided for our forgiveness. It's the resurrection of Jesus that provides for our eternal life, that Jesus came back to the from the dead with his eternal life that he offers to us. Well, it comes right out of here in Romans 8, 10, and 11. So verse 12 then, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. See yourself as being free, he says. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. I love that, though. Just the beginning of verse 13. If you live by what it dictates, you will die. Huh. And we live in a world where it's just, it's all feeling. It's what I want. And yeah. and, and that's, again, it's celebrated today. It's just, you do you and you know do what makes you feel best. And Paul just says here, well, if you do that, you're going to kill die. you. Yep. You're just going to die. For all who led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So for God's children, then we're going to have the Holy Spirit within us leading us. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba. Abba, father. it doesn't just mean father. It was an intimate term that a child would call their yeah. father. A little like bit like dad. daddy. 
Yeah. So it is kind of weird. I do hear some Christians say like daddy God. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Why don't you go ahead right, and Verse 18. And this might be a, a verse, you know, maybe you're having a tough week or maybe a tough month or maybe mm-hmm. even a tough year. This is a verse that you can really hold on to. It says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory yeah. he will reveal to us later. It's, it's, I guess the way I look at it is that you, you have to look at that suffering with the backdrop of eternal heaven yeah. just behind it. Whenever I read that, I always think of there's a band called Jars of Clay when I was growing yeah. up. And um, the idea of Jars of Clay is that we our bodies are like clay jars, right? They crumble and they fall apart and they crack. But inside we have the Holy Spirit. And the more our bodies crack, the more you think of a clay jar, the more it's cracked. If there's gold shimmering inside that gold kind of glimmers out of the cracks and mm. becomes more beautiful the more it crumbles. Mm. And so in a way, it, 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 that's that's us. That our, mm. As our bodies fail, we're able to display the power of God. Oh, that's good. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Again, it's will. All creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth to right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies as he promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. You know, I want to comment on this here. Verse 24, when he says, we were given this hope when we were saved. When we were saved. Yeah. And when I first became a believer, well, it was actually before I became a believer, but I was hearing the gospel. I was in a church when they kept talking about being saved and people that are saved. And this is when I got saved. And in fact, recently I had somebody ask me, why do you use that terminology about, you know, when someone got saved or they got saved? I said, well, because it's in the Bible, which is the answer I got. I, I said, you can't know that you're saved until you die. I used to think that. But that is, that's a real biblical term. It's, it we have it all through the scriptures that yeah. there's a state in which we are not saved. And when we believe, when we have faith in Jesus, we're transformed. We are saved. At that moment, we are saved. Saved from judgment, saved from yeah. And so this is a very biblical understanding. A question to ask yourself is, have I been saved? Yeah. Yep. Do I know that I'm saved? Have I gotten saved? Yeah. And if so, when? Because it, it happens. There's a time and place when a person passes from death to life. And even though we may say, yeah, but I grew up with all this stuff, but you can't always have been saved because we were all born in sin. So there's a point at which all of us must be saved. Have you been saved? And if so, when did that and happen? It might have been a season, you know. Well, there's a journey, of course, that takes us as we're considering things. But at some point, there's a it's, surrender. it's like a nailing yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, sure. it's a surrender. 
The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I always like that verse, you know, when mm. it's like praying for somebody's like, I yeah. don't know what to pray for here. And just telling that to God and relying on the Holy Spirit too. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Hmm. What shall we say about the wonderful things as the, as these? If God is for us, who can never be against this us? This whole section right here, beginning verse uh, 31, I mean, I've encouraged a lot of people to memorize this. This yeah. is... Every one of us as followers of Jesus at some point in our life ought to put this to memory. Yeah. The, having this in our brain and to hold on to and grasp onto is huge. Why don't you, why don't you yeah. read verse 31 again and continue? What shall we say about these about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't we also be won't, won't, we, he, also? won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuse us? whom God has chosen for his own. No one, for God himself, has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand and pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow. <laughs> Man, what a section of Scripture, verses 31 through 39. In fact, I encourage you, if you're not driving a car, if you, I, I, I encourage you, just get your Bibles out. Read that through again. In fact, better yet, read it through out loud. It will do you wonders. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Yeah. All right, we're over to Psalm 37, which uh, great psalm here. I've I've always I've loved uh, verse four. I've I've kind of based you know my thinking on how to know God's will a lot. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody earlier today. How do you know God's will? And I I said I I think it's largely through our desires that you you be right with. Make sure you're right with God and you pray about it and yeah. and you do what you want because God gives us desires. And he's not going to trick us. And so you, you go ahead and do what you want, knowing that if he doesn't want that, he's going to intervene Sure, because he does love you. Well, it's, you gave me a book when I was in, in high school. It said how to find out God's will. And it basically was just like, live holy, live holy, live holy. And at the very end, it's like, and then do what you want. Because if you're living <laughs> holy, you're going to be, you yeah. want what God wants. So here he says in verse 4, Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. The key here is, we, we have misunderstanding of taking the Hebrew into English, but it's not that he's going to give you what you already desire. No, he will, he will place the desires in your heart. He'll give you the desires. So you'll be desiring what God desires. So, of course, he can give you what you desire because yeah. 
your heart is matched up with his. That's, right. that's the key. It's that's the key spot. right there. Yep. All right. Well, happy 4th of July. Yeah. I look forward to being and with you tomorrow. We are, we are kind of patriots at heart. We are so thankful for those who've gone before us yes. and made sacrifices Man, for I'm us. Kidding. And we are thankful for the freedoms that uh, we get to enjoy in this, in this country and the blessing that this country has been to many others. You know, and, and while there's a lot said about how this country is born in rebellion and all that kind of stuff, but to, you, you take a look at the Declaration of Independence and the acknowledgement of who God is and the place that God play, plays in our consciences, in our hearts, and then just uh, the early days of this country. And while the country has never been perfect, the system was laid out in such a way that we have been able to enjoy the kind of freedom and especially to live out our faith like no country ever before in history. And it's been a blessing. You know, you and I have gone to other countries. We, we visit mm. other countries. Some of those countries are like, hey, we're, we love you guys. Yeah. We're more pro-America than maybe you guys are. You, you yes. have blessed us so much. Yeah. You know, so there's a sense of uh, healthy, good pride. I've said, all, I've said so many times, every American ought to go overseas. And I think you give them a great appreciation for what God's given us here. That's right. So enjoy. Enjoy the day. And we'll see you tomorrow.